Um, I'm hitting record now. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, so the show's up and running now. The show is up and running. Everyone is uh, no. There's something I didn't do. Okay, that's done. All right. Everybody got their. Uh, yeah, everyone's in the sounds. right original sound. Yes, it's off. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Now original sound supposed to be on, not off. Mm-hmm. Original sound on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I know. Everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. Okay. This is uh, everything is beautiful. <laughs> this is a. Uh, this is Fred's last week before his big trip to the Dominican. <laughs> Did you guys ever get those KTL records when yep. you were young? Oh, yeah. That was the, the Everything is Beautiful. That was one of the songs that was on those KTL records. I mean, Candyman was on those, too. Oh, yeah. I, mean, yeah. Um, I think we've talked about this before. The Columbia Record Club, too, where you would get like 10 albums for 50 cents. And then if you didn't watch it, the next 10 cost you $400. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, That's everyone. Right. Everyone's out to get you. That's how well, they get true. you. That's how that works. Oh, my God. Um, Dan, will you sing for us? Will you sing Everything is Beautiful? And now, <laughs> and now here's the uh, minister's boy, sweet Daniel Gebert Duran, with his rendition of Everything is Beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Amazing. In its own way. Yeah, that's not... Actually, and it is you're, you're a little higher, button, actually, yeah. than I would have thought you would have. Uh, Everything is beautiful there you go. in its own way. Oh, here's something. By Particle Kid, everything is bullshit. <laughs> 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 Why doesn't this just... Co- you know, do you ever do this when you're like trying to type really quickly? You think that you've filled in enough of the letters for it to actually populate oh, yeah, the rest of the text? Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't. Like I was typing everything and I got out, just came out. Everything is bullshit. <laughs> everything is beautiful. You know, everything is beautiful in its own way. And I know you'll push back against that by saying, okay, a car accident isn't beautiful, but you know, an ugly spider or a, you know, a, a storm can be in its own way. Beautiful. Jesus loved the little children of the world, Dan. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. Here we go. Everything is beautiful. It's a nice song. It is a nice song, except the Jesus part. (laughs) Um, I was trying to say there that this is uh, your last week before you go to the Dominican Republic. And here's a weird question. Maybe I've asked you, but... Do you, what's the name of the town you're going to land? What do you land? Oh, a bunch of listeners will probably go, Howard, if I mention that. Bug me the whole time I'm there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably be like Prince, that's I'll be right. like Prince Harry. Though. Oh, yeah. Everywhere you go. Paparazzi and all that. Yeah. You know. Uh, Cabarette. <laughs> Call what? Cabarete. That's You're making that. You land in? Mm-hmm. You, you land in no, Cabarete? No, Plata. I, I land in Porta Plata. Porta okay. Plata? Yeah. And then you go to Cabarete? Mm-hmm. Kite Beach. How long I'm sorry, what kind of beach? Kite Beach? That's not, that's racist. <laughs> kite. Going, kite? Oh, I see. Yes. It's about 20 minutes from the airport, Dan, to answer your question. Not very long at all. Yeah. All right. Oh. So are you saying in an all inclusive kind of thing, or are you like. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> He's going for a month. I don't. Oh well, you know. 
I am an all inclusive probably in over twenty years. Okay, let me just back up. Did you really think that the great Fred Patterson was going to be going to an all inclusive where he would be surrounded by Turistos? Come on, you know him better than that. I guess you're right. I just thought, you know, Dominican, though, is, you know, it's a small country, is, you know, lots of all inclusives there. So that's what mm. I assumed. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, so got you, a lovely you, condo on the beach <laughs> and um, not far from a grocery store, and I've checked it out. A grocery store called Janet's, and they seem to have all sorts of nice produce and meats and stuff. So, mm. as usual, I'll be cooking most of my meals in my condo and then treating myself to the odd restaurant. No, take me through your days. So, well, you'll <laughs> get up what, every this day. This is what will happen. Yeah. This is what will happen. <laughs> unless you oh, know, I come boy, unless, yeah, wait, hard okay. to believe the listeners wouldn't want to be part of that <laughs> be going to Janet's and then and, cooking um, in his condo every day and on Saturday me and my suite took a dose of uh, Ducarol Ducarol so that was our booster for Ducarol so we hopefully won't be getting the poops <laughs> turistos um, I was asking you about that before the show because I'm having some stomach issues but you know I've been I've gone to you know I was in Mexico in um, November, and other than the fact that my heart attacked me, I never once had any issue with what I ate there, and and I never really have. I've been to Mexico, you know, easily over, you know, 15 or 20 times in my lifetime, 15 for sure, and only have ever been sick one time. Have you actually ever gotten diarrhea, uh, traveler's disease, whatever? Oh, yeah, I have. And yeah. Dan, Dan, have you? Yeah, 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 for sure. Wait a second, the great Dan Duran. Even though you're oh, yeah. a robot, oh, yeah. even though you're yeah. a German Terminator from uh, the Prairies, yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I yeah. for sure, yeah. I mean, no. you know, yeah. I stay away. This now, I stay away mostly from the street food and stuff like that, where you, you know, you, you're at risk. You increase the risk because sure. You're not, not um, I've never had it that bad, but you know. And then Darren and I, uh, 2017, down in San Miguel. We went to a chili kickoff. Yes. Or a cook-off. I'm sorry, kickoff. Cook-off. And uh, we ate some bad chili there. He got it a lot worse than I did. But we could sort of pinpoint that problem. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. I just, uh, for Delise more than anything else, because she tends to get that kind of thing. So I, uh, we took the Duke Earl. And a couple of years ago in Mexico, it was fine. We didn't get ill, so... And we had taken the uh, a full dose of Ducarol, so what the hell? It's what is Ducar- What is Ducarol? I've never it's heard a, of it before. It's an oral vaccine, Dan, that guards against cholera and other uh, stomach uh, infections. You should be the uh, spokesperson for that. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to, but nobody's asked me. Now, I'm, I'm curious know. why, because you took it once? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the way I'm promoting yeah. it on the if show. You don't, if you don't want to get the shits, try Ducarol. Um, I've heard of it. I've never taken it. The, um, that, that thing that happened to you and, <clears throat> and Darren in uh, San Miguel, I've heard that story now from other sources. Yes. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't like the, the traveler's disease or whatever. No. That was just you had a lot of ch- some street chili. Yeah, we were pretty sure we could pinpoint it to that. But the last couple of times I've traveled with Darren, everywhere he seems to get mm-hmm. an upset stomach, even in Florida. And I don't know what that's all about. But well, some it happens to a lot of people actually. Yes, um, pe- um, because yeah. you're different bacteria, different. Whether you're in you know the Europe or you're in the 
the aisles. But, you know, the thing is, I, I've never even thought about taking it until you've reminded me. That, I, I remember you did your first dose whenever that was a few years ago. But it's expensive. It's not, it's not cheap, Dan. Oh, so you, you got to save up for it? Well, you do have to save up. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. You yeah. have to put away a little bit each paycheck. <laughs> what? What are you saving up for, Daniel? I'm saving up for a, my first dose of Ducarol. <laughs> well, the initial dose is about the initial yeah, dose funny. is about 140 bucks. It's 140 bucks, Dan. And then if you do it again within five years, you only have to take one dose, which is like seventy five dollars. So yeah, but I think. You know, if it can prevent me from being down for a couple of days and feeling like crap. And who knows? Ultimately, I may have been fine, but just a little insurance policy. Um, I'm going to ask, like you said, you can and you don't need an appointment. You can just get it at the pharmacy and take it. Yes. Yes. And are there any are there any anti Ducarol vaxxers like, you know, are there people like is is uh, (laughs) Thero Theon flurry against the Ducarol shit vaccine? I don't know if he can grift through that. I, maybe. I don't know. You know. And by the way, speaking of grifting, we got to at some point talk about the end of that nonsense in the States. And just another example of I, I just read something uh, a couple of days yesterday about the grifting that was going on during the actual voting for the Speaker of the House. Just an interesting sidebar, but we'll come back to that. Well, I was all disgusted by the whole thing. Um, But we'll come back. We'll come back. If I was going to promote Ducarol, here's what I'd come up with a jingle like this. Mm. Duke, 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 Ducarol, roll, roll, Ducarol, roll, roll, Ducarol. And then Can you see that on all the TV stations? Sure, you could. Oh, yeah. that could be on all the TV stations. If you, hi, poo, I'm Fred Patterson. If you poo, poo, poo <laughs> on the road, do go roll. yeah, I've tried it and I like it. <laughs> so I don't need it. You don't need a, a note from your doctor. You just go and get it. And is it two doses? Is it two doses to start with? Yes, Howard. And yes. does it make? Does it do anything to you? Because I've already got a problem with my stomach. No, Howard, I haven't had a problem with it. And again, your initial dose, when you take two, you take one two weeks before you leave, and then the second one week before you leave. All right. Well, let me add that to my list of uh, medical issues issues and interventions. Um, As I say, if... You know, I'll never know, obviously, whether I would get an ailment while I was there. But as I say, it's, you know, a semi-expensive little insurance policy. That's all. And it says right on the Ducarol, I mean, no vaccine, especially an oral vaccine, is 100%. Mm. You know, you could still end up with something. <laughs> it's just it gives the Fred Ben a little piece of sure money before, does. He, and, he, before he embarks. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just to be clear, it's Ducarol. Not Ducalax. Who said Ducalax? Uh, no one did. I'm just saying to people because the oh, difference okay. between Ducarol and right. Ducalax oh. is quite. Oh, is well, well, you know what Ducalax is, don't you? To make you go. That's a make a poo poo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a make you go. That's a, that's yeah. what you take before your uh, colonoscopy. Oh, is that? Is I think that? so. Oh, really? I've never made that connection. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it is. Dan, Isn't you, it Dan, Peglite? Dan, I thought you took Peg Light or something before do your colonoscopy. Well, no. Hang on a second. Yeah, it's uh, constipation is often unpredictable and hard to anticipate. This is the beginning of the Ducalax 
Uh, discover Ducalax today and learn about Ducalax symptoms. And anyway, it's for uh, if you have constipation. Sure. Wow. Sounds like Ma- it. Maybe it's not the stuff you take, but I, I think it's for if you're bunged up. Dan, have you had a colonoscopy? I can't remember. Uh, colonoscopy? No, I haven't had a colonoscopy. I've had I've had the uh, hold on a thing and the testy thing. No, but you haven't had a colon- finger thing. Is nothing. It's nothing. Okay. You haven't had a colonoscopy, and you're about to turn seventy. Yeah, thanks for advancing my age. Why do you yeah, believe no. that you're immune to the, the societal norms the rest of us have to follow? I'm just curious. Well, I talked to the doctor. He said, nah, you know, not so much. Which doctor? Do the, my doctor? Have you done the poop, have you done the poop test where you yeah, take yeah, it? Away? Yeah, for sure. Every every time I'm supposed to. It's coming mm. up, actually. The poop test is around the corner. Right? So you send your poop to the government? Yeah, the government uh, looks at my poop and, uh, you know, absorbs it into <laughs> this big database. They sell it. Somebody intercepts <laughs> it and sells it on eBay. The poop, the poop database, yeah. Wow. I All right. Wonder, well, I wonder uh, if you can I have that. other friends that have never had a colonoscopy but have done the poop test. Um, for, year, my, for years, my doctor, who was the same doctor as Dan's, uh, didn't think I needed it either until I got uh, bitch slapped by Ann Murray. Then I went and did it. As a matter of fact, when mine comes up again in a few years, I think I might just go for the poop test. I'll see. I'll make that call. Hmm. Why okay. is that? Because you're a medical. Uh, you, because you have you know more than uh, everybody. Well, I'm gonna. I have a new doctor now. I'm gonna see what he says and take his consultation. And because it's quite an ordeal getting one, but it's worth it. Well, that's what I would say. Even even I'm not I, so sure Dan's even had the poop test. He didn't tell me with great conviction there. <laughs> he just, Dan just doesn't want to be browbeaten by the two yeah. of us. This is what I'm thinking. Okay. Right. You oh, stick no. the thing in your yes, poop. We and know. You put it in an envelope and you mail it off to Is the that the popsicle stick you put in the dishwasher? Is that right, why you yeah. put that popsicle stick? You're thinking, oh, my God, I got to take this. I got to clean this stick before I send my poop to the government. Hey, listen, I, I know it's an ordeal. And... Um, but I just think it's probably there's a reason they recommend it. And I listen, I'd much no, rather I, send my poop to the government. No, I, and it's true. I say a or, ordeal, what, a 24 hour ordeal? Yeah. You got to drink some shitty stuff and then be put out and have, um, a, you know, a plumber's snake shoved up your ass. That's all. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that sounds like Dan Duran's weekend. Let's get started, people. Let's get started. This episode of Hubble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Hubble and Fred Studios in Trendy, Toronto, and from our beautiful Brampton Basement Studio. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and by GoDaddy. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now, here are two men who wanted to play a little pickup hockey on the weekend, but were told that their Titan sticks, their Cooper pads, and their Jofa helmets were too old to be let on the ice. It's the not-yet-expired Humble and Fred. Uh, I don't know that story. Were those things uh, said to be no longer uh, used in the Canadian Hockey Society? No longer uh, out there as uh, things you can buy. Oh, you can't really? buy them anymore. No. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Cooper's out. How did you find that out? He bought them up. Oh, I see. 
Like that was the story? And they shut down the brand. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember, it was Bauer or CCM. Or there's been lots of Yeah, big companies them. taking over big companies. And um, it's interesting that how, uh, he leads off with something hockey. Because I had written something down here that I thought you would find very interesting. Howard and Dan. It uh, deals with hockey and television ratings. Like, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Would you like to hear it? Yes. The World Juniors, the game against Czechia. There's another thing. How did it become Czechia? I know the answer, but... Oh. What is the answer? It became Czechia because they, the Czech Republic, they just thought was too bulky. And for marketing and branding, they just wanted something shorter and cooler. Well, they and just changed their name. With- they changed their name to Czechia? Yeah. Like they just had a meeting and said, okay, we'll no longer be the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's similar to, to to Ukraine, which for years I called the Ukraine. Yeah. But it it was, uh, yeah, that was the extent of it. It wasn't some cultural or, um, you know, national. It was like a branding thing. thing. That's it. <laughs> That's pretty funny, Interesting, actually. isn't it? It's, it's like all of a sudden if we change our names to Canna. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Canada's too bulky. Yeah. <laughs> um, please continue. Well, the World Juniors, that game, the gold medal game Thursday night, which was a great hockey game, watched it. Um, Television ratings, average audience, 7.1 million. Mm. Peak audience, 9 million. Wow. Okay. That night, the Maple Leafs were playing the Kraken. It was 25 times larger than the Leafs' Kraken audience, because I guess a lot of people normally watch the Leafs were overwatching the Juniors. Uh, the juniors, uh, 1.4 million more than the Grey Cup, which set a record this year, which is just unbelievable. And uh, the gold medal game had a larger audience than every one of Canada's games at the World Cup. Hmm. No, wow. Does, 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 any, does any of that surprise you? It doesn't surprise me. Um. Yeah, yeah, you know, the World Cup one blew me away, and the fact that it was almost 10 million, yeah, that surprised me, and the fact that the World Cup, because that was, you know, that's a four-year build-up, ramp-up, mm-hmm. this happens every year, and I just, and the Canadian games, I mean, they weren't necessarily in prime time, but on during the day, um, yeah, I was surprised by that. the The average uh, junior game, like just a regular junior game on television, has like one-tenth the audience of a Leafs game or a Canadians game. You know, um, the most surprising stat in there for me, though, was the uh, numbers of the Grey Cup. And I watched the Grey Cup. I was actually watching it with my uh, our buddy Bill in Mexico. Um, that surprises me that those numbers were still as good for the Grey Cup. Well, I think because the Argos were in this year, so a lot of casual CFL fans or people that you know, have sort of given up on the CFL because the Argonauts were in it on that particular Sunday. Nothing else to do. Let's see the Argos in the Grey Cup. I, I imagine that's would help put those numbers up. But, uh, yeah, that junior, that little thing that TSN sort of jumped on how many years ago, 30 years ago, it sure worked out well for them. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it yeah, really, I mean, really the, has. I, I guess I, I again, I, I, my first reaction was I'm not surprised by it. None of those, especially versus a Leaf game or a normal junior game. just. But maybe a little surprising, the numbers of the uh, Grey Cup and the fact that it outdrew the World Cup. Yeah. Um, 
and I should give credit where credit is due. I mean, um, I read some of these things in Steve Simmons' uh, Toronto Sun column this weekend, a couple of these numbers, and then I did some further investigation on the overall numbers. But, yeah, I don't want to... You know, Steve so you, you did some research, or uh, I did, uh, yeah, did I did re- some research. research yes. I like investigation, though. I called the people at New <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like the word investigation yeah. over research because mm-hmm. investigation mm-hmm. sort of has a connotation of I looked it up on the internet. Yes, research yes. looks like you. You know, you went around and you did some double blind studies. Dan, mm-hmm. what is what surprises you about those numbers? I think the Grey Cup thing was, and I thought the uh, the numbers in general that. It seems like a pittance compared to all of the uh, other hockey, the, the other big sports that are happening. Like I guess the NFL and what do you mean a baseball? Well, well, just in Canada and well, I guess North America. I mean, nine millions, not that. Yeah, that's many. nine million Canadians. That's like one third of the population. Yeah, I'm talking Canada. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. All right. Yeah, I that's one was, third of the. That's one out of every three Canadians is watching this. That would be like a hundred million oh, Americans. Okay. Yes. Right. Sorry, I misunderstood. No, I thought it no, was, no, uh, no. Total numbers. No, brother. No, Danny. Danny, okay. you know ratings. Right. When Come I talk on, ratings, Jesus. I can't give. Um, and Howard, if you want to break it down, eighteen thirty-four, twenty-five fifty-four. Just think of a percentage of population there. Oh yeah. It'd be crazy. It's like crazy. And then take it one more level. And again, not to be sexist, but I would say the preponderance of audience male oriented. So take that percentage. Right. Of the Canadian male population that was watching it. Yeah. And I think this is a big payoff for winners. Right. Because while the guys are watching the game, all the ladies, that's a good excuse to go over to winners. Right. So we must. (laughs) Great. Good. That's what my wife did. <laughs> I bought her a gift certificate for winners. You should be a spokesman for winners. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or for women folk. Dan, are you going to stick around today? Yeah, I'm going to stick around. Because uh, Dan has not been uh, around for the news because he's yeah, very busy. News is coming up. News is coming up. So all right. Get on it. Well, go and research some news okay. while Fred right. and I. Uh, Dan Duran's news is all there is left. It's just Fred and I. Dan will come back here in a while. We got a lot of stuff to break down. You know, I don't like to get involved with your little funny sexist bits. That's not where I stand. <laughs> no, I know. You're you know why? Because you're so I'm more evolved. I'm what? metropolitan. <laughs> you're metropolitan. Yeah, I'm just more evolved than you. I'm just this farmer. You're a fucking you know what you are as we used to call you're a bohunk. <laughs> you know that's the funny thing is I grew up in a much smaller community than you. I'm the reason the, I I'm do the say that is I, I, I put the game on the other night. Billy was walking out, and I said, where are you going? She said, oh, I'm just going to pop over to Winners and see if I can spend my gift certificate. No, so that's That's right. why that it's came a funny to mind. Bit. Listen, said, You're not going to watch the game? I was doing a reverse bit where I wasn't going to laugh at it and not go off. That was very, very clever. I uh, was not one of the uh, Canadians watching that game because I have zero interest in it. I was one of the Canadians watching the Grey Cup, but I thought that's why I was surprised that the numbers were as large as they were. Let me dissect that. How could you have no interest? It's, a, it's because a, I don't. We're, it's a world championship, and Canada's playing. There's no, part I know of that interests you. Like I, you'll I'm watch the golf tournament from Hawaii. Yeah, I will. Because I <laughs> because I uh, I have no interest in any of the uh, other than when we were talking about that kid on the show Bedard. Yes, Connor Bedard, yes. 
I, don't, I, I can't explain it. A buddy of mine from uh, my buddy from New Brunswick is like, hey, I'm going to watch the World Juniors. I'm like, great. I'm going to a movie with my ex-wife. Um, and yet I watched golf from Hawaii. I watched the entire Bills game yesterday, yeah, as you well know. Whatever spins your propeller. Well, right? no, but, I, but I, yeah. and, and, and I'll watch the NHL playoffs when the Leafs make them. You know, I watched all the playoffs. I don't know why. I never really was that into, into the World Juniors. And uh, I will if I can, uh, you know, do a little editorial here. I mean, the World Juniors this year, other than that game, well, the game against the U.S. in the semifinals was good as well. But there's a problem with that tournament. The same problem they have with women's hockey. Like, there's 10 teams, and only four of them are really any good. Mm-hmm. So most of that tournament, the scores were lopsided, and I have no time for that. Like, 11 nothing, 11-1. To me, it's just a waste of time. And there was a lot of that going on. But when you get to the final four, it finally gets interesting. No, I get that. And, and the fact that Canada was playing would have at least held some interest for me. But not. I'm not interested in the product uh, in general. And yet, you know, it's funny. I've watched more NFL football in the last year than I have probably ever. And you and I were uh, <laughs> tweeting at each other. Not twin. No, we weren't tweeting. We were messaging each other during the game yesterday. Hey, before yeah. we get any further here, but uh, let me uh, take a second and talk about GoDaddy. Oh, yes. Let me uh, tell everyone that uh, GoDaddy is back. And uh, by the way, I'm playing Mexican radio for a couple reasons. There was because uh, you're going to the Dominican and I'm supposed to go to the Mexico in uh, a few weeks again. And uh, there's cartel trouble in Mexico. And if you, did you see that story? Uh, yes, I did, Howard. Okay, well, we'll get to that. Uh, that's coming up. But first, there's no better time than right now. If you've been thinking about it, get your ideas online with GoDaddy. You can find your domain, easily create your website, and bring it all to life with their free and friendly 24-7 phone service. That's right. You call GoDaddy and a person talks to you. They help you every step of the way. You know what? Everyone assumes, you know, because we're all so modern and metro that everyone knows how to do this, but a lot of people need help. And you don't even need a credit card, by the way. No credit card is even required. Uh, Get your domain, create your website, start selling stuff online. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I say this to you. Visit GoDaddy.ca. Hey, how about this? The early lines are out. On this weekend's wild card football games, NFL, look at the Bills, minus 600 over the Dolphins. That's what you call a heavy favorite points-wise. It's uh, minus 10.5 on the Bills. Over the week, I'll give you the other odds, but that's uh, they're all in, and that's the early line through Bodog, okay? Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one... Um, source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Um, there was uh, some cartel trouble uh, northwest Mexico in Mazatlan area. I can't remember the actual region. And, yes. uh, you know, uh, you know, it worries some people. It didn't worry me. Where I'm going initially is uh, nowhere near there. I'm going to uh, Resort, Mexico, or that area. Playa del Carmen, Tulum, 
I'm not going to those places. Again, I don't want people to bother me. It's a place called... Uh, <laughs> I just love that. You don't want people to know where you are. Imagine somebody flying all the way to the Dominican. Where's Fred? <laughs> he goes to Janet's grocery store. I'm going to a, a place I've never actually been to, although I know where it is. It's Puerta Aventuras. And then yes. the second month I'm gone, I'm going to North Mexico. But I actually did that this morning. I'm like, how far... Is San Miguel from where this trouble was? And it's like a thousand kilometers. So I'm not so oh, yeah. worried. Although apparently there has been some problems in uh, Playa del Carmen and Cancun. Mild ones. Um, but, you know, you just play the numbers. Of all the thousands of people that go to Mexico every year. And how many problems there are. And there are every year. But Sure. What are the chances something's going to happen to you? You can't live in fear. I mean, I could go to, you know. Chicago. You have a better better chance. Well, I was going to say Chicago in particular. Yeah. There's there were 40 murders this past weekend in Chicago. I make I'm not even I'm just pulling it out of the air because last weekend there was 40 murders in Chicago and I read about it Mm -hmm. when I was in San Miguel for that short period of time. There was an alert you know, just like there used to be, um, you know, when um, we first had COVID, they would put a, you know, it was orange or whatever, give you a, a color-coded alert. So when I was there, there was an alert, a threat level for cartel activity a couple hours away from San Miguel. They were pulling people out of their cars and then setting the cars on fire. That's all. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, just like... Which people, was very nice of them to pull the people out first. Yeah. Well, you know, that happens on the 401. <laughs> you know. How, I mean, one time I was coming to see you, I got there, was to making that yeah. turn, 401, 410, pulled me yeah. over, set my car, <laughs> set yeah. my car on fire. But uh, it's part of life. And I just was sort of, as we were talking about this, I remember years ago, before you became more involved, that you were like, I'm not going to Mexico. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I will. In the Fred's not going to Mexico era. That's when a lot of people were being thrown off balconies and stuff. Yes, that those yeah. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So what's changed? Well, you evolve and you realize that the threat is pretty minor. And, you know, a lot of times people get in trouble in foreign countries doing things they shouldn't do. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can explain that partially, too, because at the time, the Canadian dollar was very strong against the uh, the US dollar so it was almost like I'm not going to take any chance going down there when I can go to the states and feel relatively safe which is rather naive in itself as we've just explained but yeah that was it and then finally you know you just start working the numbers and talking to other people that have been there and you think well do I keep my mind closed or do I open it up a bit you know I've never been to the Dominican Republic the people you're going with have, though, haven't they? Yes. And and what's their sense? Do you get, or I should ask you, what do you get from them as a sense of what it's like versus like the Bahamas and Jamaica? By the way, Jamaica also is on a, an alert. Um, I have a story yes. here somewhere. I can't. Read, but Mexico right. and Jamaica, according to the Canadian government, have been given a higher threat level for travel. But what's yeah. your sense from them what the DR is like? That's what. Well, I've been there it. a couple of times. You know, it wouldn't be. Oh, my you have first. been there. Oh yeah, about three times. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. How come I didn't know that? Or maybe well, I did. Me and Dan Duran went once. 
just him and I back in the 90s. Oh, okay. Uh, you had gone somewhere, or maybe you had left. I, I, I can't remember. But anyway, um, yeah, I've been there. I've, uh, I liked it, and uh, the couple I go with. And again, this area we're going to is sort of a neat area. And they've been there for like a month at a time, a few times, and really like it. The people are nice. The food is good. The restaurants are neat. The beach is fabulous. So um, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be going here. But it was one of those things. Eh, let's give that a shot. Let's, let's try okay. it. I, well, I apologize. I, I completely didn't. I thought this was your first time. So what is it like versus <clears throat> Mexico? Um, very similar, different, same vibe? I would say, yeah. Well, let's hold this for our big uh, travel show. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, when you get right down to it, beach, ocean, the natives. Can I say the natives? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Am I, I don't know anymore. I don't the know, natives. sir. I don't know. You will listen. Land. You're, Does I qualify it? You've already been sexist. You might as well be mm. racist. Um, All the cysts. One thing I will say, you know, and I'll defend the media, this, you know, fake news and stuff's way over the top. And But you have to be honest with yourself. I have to be honest with myself. You know, reporting all that stuff about the resort areas being dangerous, it, it, it's sort of sexy news, so to speak. You know what I mean? And the media often deals in fear like oh that story will get people going you know if we tell them that mexico all those people that have booked trips to mexico and we throw this out there i mean it's real it happened but then you have to wonder to what extent because often those things happen and the people that were there it's like one intersection of one city yeah of it course becomes this natural it becomes this national story so yeah but in this case the, it's actually a yeah. government issued travel advisory but to your point you know, we're in the we've been in the media a long time, mm -hmm. you and I and uh, the people in our lives. And, um, you know, what people what what that does by instilling a little bit of fear, like you used it sort of sexy to say, oh, you know, there's there's mm -hmm. trouble in paradise. What that does is it commands the viewer not to leave. Mm -hmm. not, not I mean, not to leave the, the show you're watching. Mm -hmm. So, of mm -hmm. course, they're in the business of getting you to stay as long as they can. So when they say, uh, coming up, there's trouble in paradise. If you're traveling to Mexico or Jamaica, of course you're not going to go anywhere. The interesting thing is, Howard, when you don't, outside of these news stories that blow up, if you went three weeks ago to Mex the Canadian government thing on Mexico, there would have been a warning there anyway. Yeah, and, and what I wanted to tell you is if you go on yeah. what I did and Google where that trouble was, it's yeah. so far removed from a place. Right. Forget, you know, where we're going in March is way off the beaten track, but where this is is nowhere near Cancun, Puerto Valley. You know, it's nowhere near Resort yeah. Mexico. You know, our buddy John Ellison loves Colombia. He goes yeah. there every year for a couple of weeks. Absolutely loves it, loves the people, the area and everything. So he he had run that by me, so I did some investigation. By the time I went to the Canadian government thing on Columbia, I wanted no part of it. Because <laughs> it right. just scares the living shit out of you. Sure. And then I talked to him, and he's going, yeah, that's wild. He said, I've been there like 10 times and had nothing but a great experience. Right. So <laughs> at the end of the day, you just, you know, you again, you play the numbers, percentages, and what are you going to do? Just be afraid all the time? You know, for years... When you were doing your I hate Mexico bit And I would mm -hmm. tell you I had been mm -hmm. By that time I'd been there Six or seven times And I used to say you know like And I understood at the time you know you've only got a week Off and you don't want that 
hanging over you, the potential for something to happen. And I used to say, you know, just that, that it's, you know, it's a very isolated, these are isolated incidences in a very, you know, you know, country that's far, there's all kinds of places that are not near the places you're going. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to think of the word I was looking for. It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, there's another threat level, again, as I said, about Jamaica, and I've had nothing but great experiences in Jamaica. Yeah. As have you. Look, look at it this way. You can walk up a street and turn right and nothing would happen. You'd have no idea. You turn left and there's an incident. Like, yeah, man. Like, really, it's uh, that's sort of what it comes down to. As far as changing my mind, yeah, a lot of people have said that. Didn't you used to be you know, super against Mexico? And I said, yeah. The, the irony is I had been to Mexico two or three times before that. And then there was just a st- this was like mid 2010s there was a string of things canadians had been murdered in the and it was obvious the mexican government was trying to cover it up for tourism reason and it pissed me off and then yeah since then yeah i've changed my mind i'm a hypocrite i don't know well yeah we all are i don't know how chicago like i used to love chicago i dated this woman it's funny it's how i got to mexico as i was dating this woman dan and i were living in calgary i met her in mexico at an all-inclusive when i used to go to those places and we dated sort of long distance Chicago, Calgary. I spent quite a bit of time in Chicago. Love the city. And then she got a job in Mexico City, which is, and I moved to LA, telling you my life story mm-hmm. here. And so I would go down and visit her and hang in Mexico. And I loved it. But, you know, I, I would, I, it's weird. Like I was thinking about Chicago for some reason recently. I guess I read that story about more murders. And I'm like, I don't know if I need to go to Chicago. I'm stupid because it's a city the size of Toronto or bigger. The chances of me being involved in anything are remote, but still just, I don't know. And there's a distinct line in Chicago. I was there a few years ago, 10 years ago now, I guess. Um, There's a distinct line. If you don't cross that line, that's it's the south side of Chicago where mm-hmm. all those problems are. If you're on the million dollar mile or whatever and down, sure. right down, you're not. You know, it's different. Are you talking about the south side of Chicago as a bad, bad Leroy yes. Brown? Jim Croce, was it? <laughs> Jim Croce. Yes, south side of Chicago. It's a song. What is that called? Is this, it's bad, bad Leroy Brown? Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I will not see in the Dominican or Mexico. What's that? Fucking yahoos driving trucks with big tires and fuck Joe Biden signs on them and American flags and the better their trucks driving around with their stereos loud, hoping to be noticed with no idea what the issues are other than the fact they want a big orange racist pig as their president. I won't see any of that. That that won't be there. Yeah. Yeah, you missed the fart. Here's the part here. Sorry, fart. It's always been the baddest part of town. You see Leroy Brown. Hey, um, I want to get on to a couple other things because, uh, as I said yesterday, Freddie and I were just uh, not, not a lot, not excessively, as much as I wanted, a little contact during the Buffalo Bills game. And you know the Americans, speaking of those people with their Trump flags, the, uh, some of America is not all that. But you know, Americans love their Jesus, and they love praying, praying, and they love looking for miracles and signs from, you know, all of all of that of nonsense. But man, when you see when you see what happened at the beginning of the Buffalo Bills game yesterday, 
It's hard not to see how Americans can get caught up in that. It's the first play of the game, and the Buffalo's Bills run it back for a touchdown. And it's just pandemonium. Like, how could you have scripted anything better than that? Like, it really was something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then it was, it was then it was like an okay game for a while. It was kind of it didn't look like the Bills were uh, after the initial excitement wore off. We can talk about that later, but it was pretty interesting just hearing the call and uh, the coach of uh, the Bills was tears in his eyes and people were hugging and yeah, the um, who did they play again? Patriots came back and scored on you know on their next possession, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah, then Neam Hines, he he did it twice yeah. in the game. He did it twice, he did is, it again, which is crazy. Yeah, nuts. Uh and I think Tony Romo and uh Jim Nance, they admitted that there was tears in their eyes. Damar Hamlin, I was following him during the game. I didn't tell you this when I was messaging oh, you, but I was following okay. Damar during the game mm-hmm. and he was tweeting and it's interesting, <clears throat> again, getting back to the Jesus connection. So all his t- Twitter f- is just filled with prayers and Jesus and the Lord and, and you know, what you can imagine, you know, especially given what he's been through, not only from him, but from comments about him. It's all Jesus and the Lord and then in heaven. And then what's the uh, guy who ran it back? What's his name? Neam Hines. Neam Hines runs back mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, opening kickoff. What do you think DeMar's tweet was? O-F-M-G. Oh, no. my fucking God. Oh. <laughs> oh, is that really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's odd. Yes, I thought so. Well, I, you know, we talked about this last week, all the praying and what have you, and thoughts and prayers, and my prayers are with you, and all the way they spin that. So much of that is a default. It's just... I think a lot of them, they just do it. And I don't mean, particularly mean the players. I mean fans and collectively. It's just what you do without a lot of thought. It's like there's not a lot of spirituality there. It's in this situation, you're supposed to send him prayers. Yeah. I don't know how genuine it is, how deep it is. It's just a default. Which is, I don't know, does that make it any better? Does it make it any worse? I don't know. But like you, I just find it a bit nauseating. Yeah, if you go to his, uh, I'm just, I'm just doing it now, just because I wanted to make sure I didn't make this up. One of his other tweets, God behind all of this, uh, and there's a few things. Everything is about God until the guy scores, and then it's OFMG, which again is fine, but it's not exactly, you know. I guess if you can, I guess you can love, you know, Jesus and, and use the F word. You know, it's like, and let you know, and there was during the week. Let's pray for. Damar, and it's like, pray for what? To him recover? Ask the guy that allowed it to happen to let him recover? Yeah. No, exactly. I, I mean, I don't want to get into, you know, that, but the whole logic Yeah, the God game, technicality? Like, yeah, I get it. So, so God now, you're asking God to let him survive when your all-powerful all God could have prevented this? Could he have not? Have, like, was, was, again, was he on holidays? Or was he <laughs> That's right. Was he not paying attention? Like, I know. It's all too. It's too much to take. I know. It, and, and, and again, there's people listening right now that again are spiritual or 
religious or sick of us bringing up the same shit all the and, time. And how it all get back to Thursday night, like when Canada won that gold medal, and at the end, you know, they play the anthem of the team that wins, and all the kids are singing. And when it gets to that line, "God keep our land," I'm thinking, what? Like, how in this country of all countries is that word in our? It's not even in the Star Spangled Banner, is it? God, I don't even know. I don't know. Um, but here, and and again, it was it was it was put in in the '80s, like. But how diverse this country is with religions and cultures and everything. It doesn't belong in our anthem. It just doesn't. Because how many people in the stands or any of those hockey players, the anthem plays, and when it gets to that line, don't feel it. So why is anybody through an anthem put in that position? Or or I would always ask now, it's like my new default. I would say, well, which God are you talking about? Well, this is it. Which God? <laughs> Keep our land. And that might be their argument. Well, it can be whatever you want. It no, to be. I know. Well, why? 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 Have it. So, uh, and I, by, by the way, I, I hadn't really intended. I had written down Damar Hamlin tweet because as I was following him during the game, I I'd gone back just to see what he was tweeting, and it was really, you know, what anti-religion aside, seeing him or feeling that he was watching the game like we were was kind mm-hmm. of neat. I have to admit, that was kind of cool. Let me finish. And just, I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of a cool thing to be part of, except it was all interspersed with, you know, prayers and God is the answer. And that's great. And maybe, you know, we'd feel differently if that was the culture you were brought up in. And what you don't know any different. I also was more of a comment, too, about how the day and age we live in, you know, you can, you know, I, I was... You can watch the game, but you can also watch somebody who is a big part of that game in terms of, you know, everyone thinking about him. You can watch his reaction along. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. They say he may be out this week, out of the hospital this week. Do they? Do they? Uh, anyone talking about if him? he's ever going to return to playing football? I think it would be a long... But who knows? Given what he went through, maybe... Um, Maybe you can fully recover. I I don't know. I I find it doubtful, but... But if it was just a cardiac incident, and he's a healthy, young, Mm. you know, person... And they said it was... It was just all bad timing, right? They say the impact happened when his heart was halfway through a beat or something. There was an explanation for it. It's not like he had a bad heart or anything. No, exactly. Like, so... If it was just that, and, you know, he looks like, in a, in the, in the, if you go check out his pictures, he was in the hospital. I think he's with his parents. They're watching the game. And I found that, again, religion aside, I found that part pretty cool because he was doing the same thing you and I were doing, you know, sort of messaging each other. He was just messaging people um, while he was watching the same game that we were, which turned out halfway through the game, it didn't look like the Bills were going to prevail and what's his face? Allen wasn't having a great game. You had mentioned you know, you'd mentioned that message that to me. He looked a little bit stale. He had a couple of you know red zone interceptions and turnovers that were out of character. And then, like he does in a lot of games, and again, I've haven't seen as many as you, but he seems to have a gear. He seems to be able to bring something else, which is the sign of a hallmark of a lot of great athletes, where he can step it up. It, just when you think he's not going to. A couple of those passes later in the game were just absurd. 
Beautiful. Or as you said, glorious. Gor- <laughs> Which, no, I said gorgeous. Did you? Was it gorgeous or glory? Whatever it was, it made me. It made me laugh. Gorgeous, yeah, yeah, gorgeous. Well, it was just a beautiful thing. The timing and the precision <laughs> was fantastic. Here's what you said at one point. What did you say? Something about it. I said uh, J.A. seems to be playing in a fog. Um, you said they should put defibrillator on Allen, which made me laugh. Yeah. And then I, of course, have to be immature. I said they should put one on his cack. Yes. <laughs> and then you say that would give me a heart on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, humble and Fred. This is two men in their 60s. Back and forth. <laughs> Sitting on the couch. <laughs> but he does have that gear. He made a couple of plays that are just bewildering. Uh-huh. How he found those receivers. I mean, did the receivers credit? They brought mm-hmm. that ball in, but in the end, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a contest. Here's what's going to happen now. Um, yes, what is going to happen? Well, they're going to play Miami and probably beat Miami at home. And then the next week, they're probably going to host the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a tough one. And then if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, Kansas City gets through, which will probably happen. And Kansas City it, only has to play two games. It'll be a neutral site. This was their solution for right. missing the game, which I think is a pretty good solution. And fair. Yeah. And then I was looking at a map yesterday and I thought, where would they play that? They would probably want to play at some place that's the same distance from Kansas City to Buffalo for fans, right? What would that be, Michigan somewhere? No, I, I, I determined it would be Indianapolis, and that's a indoor stadium, and it's 500 miles from each of those cities. Because they got it. It's got to be accessible for fans for both clubs, right? Sure. And this is why I think it was a good solution, because, you know, why should Buffalo, they miss a game, why should they have to go to Kansas City? You know, Buffalo misses a game. Why should Kansas City have to go to Buffalo? So I think this is a, I think of all the solutions, it's a good one. So this way that they'll have a neutral site and both and fans from both teams can come. I read that. I'm glad we're discussing it because I wanted to go over. Because there, there was this thing that you sent me. I mean, it was the same thing I was going to send you, which is it went through all the different scenarios. But I still wasn't as clear as to what you just said, because it is fair. Even though the percentages work out, as we've learned, in Kansas City's favor, right? Buffalo not being able to have the opportunity, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be penalized for some a fluke accident where they had to stop the game. You know, and Bills fans and Kansas City fans travel anywhere to watch their teams. And I just think, so, so you've taken... You've, you've made it fair fan-wise now by having a neutral site. Why not put it in Indianapolis in an indoor stadium and take weather out of it, too? Yeah. So just have two good teams playing in perfect conditions. Like, why not? You know? Do you, uh, you don't think uh, Buffalo can get by uh, the Bengals? It'll be tough. Yeah, they're pretty good. Cincinnati might be the strongest team right now. Like they like they did the same thing last year. They came from nowhere. Not that they came from nowhere this year, because but last year they came from nowhere and went to the Super Bowl. They beat Kansas City in the AFC Championship. Yeah, that's a good team there. If they got by uh, Cincinnati, then they got to play Kansas City again, mm-hmm. and they lost to Kansas City last year. Yes, but it wasn't the AFC Championship. It was that crazy game with thirteen seconds. Buffalo took the lead and ended up losing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm now I'm uh, I'm all in. See, and again, you asked me why wouldn't I be interested in the Canadian Junior Championships against what is it in the country called San Czechia? Czechia, Czechia, Czechia bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's right gonna be 63 in two weeks check your bag i don't know can you just arbitrarily change the name of your country i guess people do it all the time yeah i don't know and that's because uh, i'm i'm thinking what is this Czechia thing yeah. I, I did some research more, more research man and busy. investigation and this is what i come up with you got a lot of research going just a branding thing. Oh, I spent all oh, week in my office hours. <laughs> you got, I just get, mm-hmm. when people I say. I was up to my elbows in <laughs> research. I just look at, you know, like you're, you have a wall, like in a crime movie. It's all these yellow stickers and threads going everywhere. Check you. Used to be called this. Uh, let's uh, take a second here, if we can, and talk about uh, some more of the uh, fine people that make this program possible. Because this program is only possible because these fine people help us. Nibsy, 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 Professor Nibblesworth. Uh, that's Tim Niblett. He's the retirement Sherpa. Tim, a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will, uh, I guess, make his first appearance of 2023 uh, this Wednesday. Last week he was on a cruise somewhere, cruising through the Caribbean, I believe. Mm. Uh, it might be yeah. a couple weeks, actually. It might be another week. I think he's oh, on, really? I think he's on a two-banger. Oh, he's on a two-banger. Well, good for him. Yeah, man, deserves it. Anyway, 2023, if you have a portfolio and you want somebody to have a second look at it, maybe, you know, you're having questions about it, he's your guy, retirementsherpa.ca. Tim will have a look. No strings attached, uh, really. Uh, He'll just have a look and give you the straight goods. Are you on the right track? Are you not? It's that simple. He's done this for many Humble and Fred listeners, and the results have been fantastic. RetirementSherpa.ca. You know, that's understandable. A lot of people, you know, know there's a learning curve associated with transitioning from an ICE vehicle to an EV. And at EV Rental, at EVNet.ca or RentElectric.ca, both work. Uh, what you can do is basically go on an extended test drive. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I, I took me a little while when I first got into one. Uh, whether it was the uh, Tesla or the Kona, you drove the Kona for a while too, right? You know, there, there's a transition, getting used yeah, to great. having, and, but it is great. I just, but mm-hmm. what I love about EVNet is that they give people the opportunity to get into it with professionals. Their team has noticed that a lot of dealerships sell EVs but don't have a model to test drive. They figured that out. Educate the client first is what they do. It's a unique client buying experience. Go to evnet.ca or rentelectric.ca and take it for a test drive. And that test drive could be for a day, for a week, or longer. They got Bolts, they got Konas, Outlanders, Nissan Leafs, and the Tesla Model 3. evnet.ca. You know, when you mentioned uh, I didn't watch the uh, juniors, but I'll sit and watch a golf tournament. And I was reminded yesterday, and I've told you this many times, why golf remains for me, obviously my favorite sport, but why in the world of sport, it's sort of unique, we talked about it last week, where, you know, all those guys on the field yesterday in any NFL game all knew that win or lose, they were going to make money. The difference in golf is that if you lose, you don't make money. 
or if you don't make as much money. But you never know. And yesterday, for only the... Well, the other point I wanted to make is I know every Sunday between 3 and 6, or whenever the golf is usually on, I know every Sunday afternoon that there's going to be an outcome. Somebody's going to win. And yesterday, it looked like it was going to be sort of a bore because a guy entered the last round with a six-shot lead. And for only the eighth time in the history of the PGA Tour did a guy lose that lead. And it was just fucking wild. Wow. He's one of the best players on planet Earth. He had a six-shot lead. Mm. And after the first hole where he birdied and the guy that eventually won bogeyed, he had a nine-shot lead over that guy and a seven-shot lead on the field. So we had a six-shot lead at the beginning of the round, but not over the guy that won, a guy named John Rom, And it was just... Okay, so who blew the lead and who A won? guy named Colin Morikawa. Oh, okay. Who's a young kid, 26 years old, but he's already won a couple of majors. He's probably... He's in the top 15 in the world. He's a really... He's a superstar. Mm-hmm. But watching it unfold was just wild. The last nine holes, he starts the back nine with, I think, a three or four shot margin over this guy. He goes 67 holes in the tournament without making a bogey to the 14th hole on Sunday. He goes bogey, 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 and loses this tournament. It was just excruciating to watch, but fascinating for me. Is that what they call shit in the bed? That's a su- <laughs> was, mm-hmm. He took, forget the bed, dude. He shit the whole apartment. Oh, okay. that, he just took a giant machine gun shit all over the place. It was unbelievable. Is that a golf term or a general sports term, shit in the bed? Uh, I think it's a general sports term, but I I definitely associate it with golf. Yeah, because golf is unique that way where something that severe happens from time to time. It rarely rarely happens. Was it the yips or whatever they call it or the nerves? Well, the one guy... The guy that won had an extraordinary day, shot 10 under par. So you need two things to happen. You need somebody with a six-shot lead to have an an out-of-body experience, like way out of character. It would be like a Sidney Crosby or a Connor McDavid forgetting how to skate for half a period. Like, it's just that weird watching a high-level athlete lose their ability to access their skills for about an hour. But you also need the other guy to have an extraordinary day, and he did. The other guy went on a tear on the back nine, went birdie, birdie, eagle, in the same stretch that the other guy went bogey, bogey, bogey. I don't want to get too into this other than to say it really was, it reminded me why I enjoy watching it, because you just never know on any given moment what could go wrong. And, and it was very subtle right like you miss a putt here a little bit of confidence goes away he hasn't made a bogey for three days and 13 holes Mm -hmm. which in in itself is which in itself Mm -hmm. is extraordinary and then this other guy john rom who's also a superstar like top five or six in the world like what the chances of him shooting 10 under on sunday are about the same as that other guy making three bogeys in a row it was really extraordinary that's why i say it's only the seventh or eighth time in pga tour history that it happened so it was a great day for me i watched the bills win and then i watched this thing happen and i don't want i wasn't cheering against the guy i just like i'm cheering for something unusual to happen right yeah and 
you know, that's an example of interest. See, I that wasn't even on my radar, and I again a golf tournament that time of the year like doesn't interest me if Tiger's not playing because again I'm one of those superficial drawn in by the marquee aspect of it. But if you'd have if I'd have known that was going to happen, I would have watched that. If you'd have texted me after nine and said, "Hey, you got to watch this guy. He's he's melting fridge. down. Yeah, he's melting down." I would have been as sad and, and cynical as that sounds. I would have I would have watched that. Well, let me ask you this question mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. What golf gives me is both the guy having an extraordinary mm-hmm. day and then also watching somebody have a meltdown. And, and what do you think is more compelling? Because we've all watched baseball, football, hockey, where extraordinary things happen. A guy makes a like you guys were talking, uh, whoever we were talking about with Merrick about that goal that Bedard scored. Like something out of the ordinary. But we're also, I think, drawn in by as sports fans extraordinary mishaps. So what was your question again? What do you think is more compelling? Watching a guy melt down or a guy have a great day? Yes. Probably, I I don't know. It's Listen, I'm saying human nature and people will say, well, that's where I come from. But I would say watching a guy have a great day when the other guy isn't melting down is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We've seen Tiger do that. But when you see a guy with a big lead and let it slip away, because I think we're all like, oh, man, what if that happened to me? Or, oh, how's that guy feel? I wouldn't want to be in that position. So, again, as down and negative and cynical as that sounds, I think that. (laughs) I think (laughs) you're right. To have a nine-shot lead and watch it go away is is more compelling than watch a guy be 10 under on the day. I agree. I, and I'll tell you, I, what you, you nailed it by saying it's human nature. We all, it's not a great part of human nature, but no. we're all fascinated yes. by other people failing. You know, this goes back to when you and I were kids, the beginning of Wide World of Sports. Mm-hmm. You know what the most memorable thing on that montage is? It's that guy mm-hmm. f- cascading down the side of the mountain. Mm-hmm. The thrill of victory and the agony, agony. of defeat. And, and it's funny you say it about mm-hmm. it. Like, so just to clear it up, this Colin Morinkawa didn't have a, uh, a nine-shot lead on the field. He had a six-shot lead on the field. And, and John Rahm wasn't even part of the equation. He started off by bogeying the first hole and then mm-hmm. went on to shoot 63 on the mm-hmm. day. So it's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But it was the agony of defeat. And, and I like this kid, Colin Morikawa. He's a very likable guy, really, really high-level player. But we all can relate to exactly what you said. I'll tell you, one of the things he did that we, we've all done is he had a chip up to the green, a pitch up to the green, maybe 30 or 40 yards away, and he stubbed it. Mm-hmm. it. It went about 20 yards, and it came back at him. And you're like... First of all, wow. And secondly, we're all like, oh, shit, I've done that. He had a bunker shot that for three days in a row, he's had the same shot on a short par four. Three days in a row, he got it on the green and made birdie. Yesterday, as this other guy was charging, you know, through the field, because they weren't playing together, he sculled it over the green. And everyone was like, wow. But we've all done that. I, I, I know, but it, and it's timing. And that's the one thing I enjoy about golf. And watching it, it's such a it's such a body game. It's like he was tense there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
and the te- through his mind, through his body, through his shoulders, it manifested in his hands. You know, most any other sport, you can sort of muscle your way through things. You can't do that in golf. It's so precision, right? You know what it's analogous to for me is uh, a pitcher in baseball. You know, mm-hmm. early in the in the game, you know everything's easy. You're throwing it. You know, you get your you're picking your spots. You're having no trouble keeping in the ball in uh, in the zone. The game tightens up. You're the same guy, and all of a sudden you can't find it. And watching that sometimes happens in baseball. It's fascinating. But here's the difference. In golf, your manager can't come out and yank you before That's it right. goes completely south. Right? That's right. You, it's just you. Yeah. It's just you. And that, that's the great thing about that sport. But I'm glad you brought that up. The, the, ag- the, vict- the agony of defeat, the thrill of victory. And, thrill of victory, agony right. of defeat. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just brought it up because uh, it was a great day. Oh, again, I really enjoyed the Bills game. And then I took a little bit of a break. I taped the golf. I really wasn't planning, to be honest with you, to watch the whole thing because I was going to make dinner and then go to maybe watch a movie. Because I and thought, then okay, and then I was going to go to bed early because I wasn't feeling very well. <laughs> but um, no, here's the point I'm trying to make is I was going to watch him play the front nine because it's a Hawaii right. and I like watching guys play high level mm. golf. And then I thought, okay, this will be over and I can move on with my, because I'd been on the couch mm-hmm. for already for three fucking hours. Right. And then this happened. I couldn't turn away. It was just like, oh my God. Like it was painful to watch, oh. but but if you, I'd you, have known, yeah, I, I would have, have told you. I would have been stuck to the TV too. Yeah. Especially when did the it last, end? What it, it ended at eight o'clock because it was oh. on from Hawaii. You know, it was uh, there five hours. But that's the other thing I like. You know, this time of the year watching golf from a, an exotic location where it's not you know gray. By the way, did you notice the the sun was out for about an hour this whole fucking year? Like you know, mm-hmm. since it's been twenty twenty three. And when the sun came out, the temperature plummeted. plummeted. I know. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's all I have to say about golf. I have. Uh, I'm one, and I appreciate your uh, patience. Um, no, it's uh, it's a great story. That's a great sports story from the weekend, like several others. Um, speaking of sports, I know you already talked about our friends at uh, Bodog. Why don't we let them, uh, let me get rid of this. I don't know why I turned this on. Let me just get rid of that, and then you can hear this uh, important message. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, before we get into uh, Dan's news, which is coming up, and uh, some more American stuff, this speaker thing was fascinating. At least to me it was. How about a little palate cleanser from the internet? Saw this online. It was from a recent episode of Sesame Street. And um, how I saw this is I follow our friend Steve Page, formerly of the Bare Naked Ladies. Okay. And Stephen tweeted out something like, well, now... You know, my life is complete or something like that. Now everything is great. Uh, I finally got to this point. And what it is, is uh, it was a recent episode of Sesame Street. And here's Bert and Ernie uh, talking about different songs 
that have uh, words in them that they can learn. Number. Uh, yeah, I wish the count were here. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, oh, I know. Yeah? If I had a million dollars. How about I take that part? Oh. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. I would buy you a house. I would buy you a house. And if I had a million dollars. <laughs> if I had a million dollars. I'd buy you furniture for your house. Maybe a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. Mm. And that's sure. it. Isn't that, isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Stephen was thrilled when he saw that and retweeted it. And I just thought, you know, of all the things the guy has done, including the Humble and Fred show and the awards and the money and all the songs that they've written and had their theme been on the Big Bang Theory, that having Bert and Ernie sing your song. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought that was yeah. a good little internet palate cleanser. I'd say. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, I'd say. You know, you sit there and you grab a pen and a piece of paper and you write this little song and then years later it turns into that. Yeah. How many songs are written, never see the light of day, and then something you create becomes part of Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, though. I listened to a few of the other ones they did, and, and obviously the original Bert and Ernie aren't doing the voices anymore. But They're they probably sound- dead, aren't they? <laughs> probably. Well, one mm-hmm. of the uh, Sesame Street guys that we br- grew up with, uh, grew up with, I guess, uh, died. Bob, uh, what's his face, Dan? Um, uh, I forget the last name. Yeah, right? but you know, uh, uh, Bob. Died, died in, uh, in December, I believe, right? Yeah. I know. I can, I can see the guy's face, yeah. but I can't. I can't uh, Bob. Uh, Bob the Sesame Street guy. Bob Eubanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Barker, some famous. All the Bobs are dead. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you do. I hope this isn't one of your news stories, Dan. That eight enough star, eight is enough star. Adam Rich dead at uh, fifty four. Yes, I, I read that. Yeah, eight, eight is enough. Yeah, did we brother. catch that? Bob McGrath was his name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for you people who are our age, you remember he was the little kid on eight and is eight is enough. Why can't I say it? Yeah, I never watched that show. Yeah, I just remember it was on in the 70s. He was the little oldest guy, and uh, he died at 54. I think he took his own life. He'd been battling uh, mental health Oh, it says uh, had substance abuse issues. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's a sad story. Um, another although child, it's... A, another child actor goes. Yeah. His. Uh, it says here in the TMZ story... He had been bailed out of jail several times by Dick Van Patten, his TV dad. But that was years ago. And only uh, 54 years old. But uh, it says here, Adam's mantra, life is for living. And I live my life to the fullest every day. It's a good, good motto. Well, it's a good mantra if you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Until it's not. Until you're not living. And that's-, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I live my life is for living. Oh, did he did he forget his mantra? Maybe. Maybe he maybe he forgot to write it down. Um further to Hollywood and actors and actresses and directors yes. and producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my walk the other day I listened to the Smart List with Ed Norton. Edward Norton. And to me the most interesting part of it was that he's married to this Shauna Robertson, who's a Canadian. And, of course, Will Arnett, his ears pop up. Oh, where? And he goes, oh, uh, just outside of Toronto. He goes, where? And he goes, oh, 
She grew up on a farm in Markham. And then I read about the Shauna Robertson. She has helped produce Ron Burgundy, the 40-year-old virgin, knocked up super bad. And then in further investigation, this young Canadian woman named Shauna Robertson, who's now married to Edward Norton, moved to Los Angeles when she was about 17. She was a bit of a rebel. Mm. And then falls in the right circles and ends up as this. I mean, those are big movies. Yeah, I'd say. She's a producer. Yeah. And she worked a lot with Judd Apatow. Yeah, yeah. Those are all his uh, movies. Yeah, and it's like... I thought I, I, I just found that very interesting, of course, from the Canadian aspect. But and then her story, you know, you talk, you know, how many and then I'm thinking the people we've known, the comics we know you for granted a lot. How many people have gone to L.A. and how many come back with their tail between their legs, so to speak? And then there's people like her. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh you know, everyone knows who Mike Bullard is, but I don't know that everyone knows who his brother is. Yes. And Pat was somebody that I met early on doing stand-up, and he was decent, you know, very good, very skilled, very funny, but that wasn't his calling, and he ended up being a showrunner on things like Roseanne, you know, uh, somebody that had fell into those circles and decided that rather than do stand-up, that he would become that guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know pretty successful at it and there's lots of those stories speaking of edward norton his last movie aside which i watched on netflix uh, a knives out murder mystery which wasn't very good but i really like edward norton he's one of those actors that usually when you see him in a movie it's usually pretty good well i don't know if you've heard that smart list he tells some great stories especially working with brando and robert de niro on uh, the score some funny stories behind the scenes i will i will listen to that And then they were talking about the 25th hour. So, again, I came right home and I watched the 25th hour. Which is what? No. Uh, It's a movie. He's a a guy that gets caught dealing drugs and it's the day before he's going to jail. Oh, yes. They have a party for him and he, you know. Yes, I have seen that. It's pretty gritty. Yes. Yes. Starts with a bang. I really loved it. Sort of lulled out for a while. Yeah. Generally, okay in my estimation but again he's the type of guy that can take a movie that's all right and make it better just he's got a unique thing about him doesn't he well fight club was great my american history x was great but my favorite edward norton movie is the one he did with um who's the guy that was american gigolo guy where he uh he plays a kid in jail it's a great fucking movie Mm -hmm. who's that guy dan he was a big Hollywood uh, leading man for a lot of years. He was the American. He was the blank. officer and a gentleman. Um, oh, Richard Gere. So Richard Gere plays a lawyer, oh. and Edward Norton is. You, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to give too much away because it's fucking. It's so good, and it's Edward Norton as a kid. This is when he was first starting out. Oh, okay. Mm. Have you found it yet? Uh, no, I'm looking. Well, just just go, just do some research. Edward Norton and Richard Gere. Okay, I will do that. It's right called now. Primal Fear. Okay. Came out in nineteen ninety six. They talked about that. They talked about that movie, dude. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, that's yes. a good one to watch before you uh, go away because it is. And again, I don't want to give too much away. Because, Dan, have you seen it? 
Yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. It came out in the 90s, right? And it's just one of those things where you're like, at the end, you're going, what? And Richard, or Edward Norton, in 1996, would have been uh, maybe in his 20s. Just a young kid. Mm-hmm. And he's so good. And just think, now in his 50s, for all we know, he was, over Christmas, he was at a farm in Markham. There you go. Uh, yeah. Much like our boy Dan Duran. Dan, are you? Uh, it's so good to have you back in the newsroom. <laughs> ah, thank you. Yeah, in the uh, kitchen newsroom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's great. Are you great. ready? You are on assignment. You are on assignment. That's right. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's doing a, an in-depth uh, investigation. <laughs> that's right. He was doing a bathroom yeah. assignment. Uh, yeah. um, well, without now, further ado, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor. Man, his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from. The kitchen, right across from the coffee maker, looking out over the stove, next to the mousetrap, here, with news and views, are Dan Duran. (laughs) Virgin in space! Hey, engineers are making final preparations for the first satellite launch from the UK later today in a uh, repurposed passenger jet. It's a Virgin Orbit rocket that will be carried uh, up into about 35,000 feet. And then from there, the rocket takes off from there and uh, puts a couple of uh, you know British satellites into orbit. This is the first time that, that uh, they will have launched something from the UK. I guess uh, Richard Branson, who you know took a, a Virgin 747 and converted to do this, has done this a few times in the States, but uh, has uh, now uh, pulling it off in, in the UK, and they're all excited in the UK to get their own uh, their own people launching their own satellites. Uh, Daniel, so it's uh, being launched on a repurposed airplane? Yeah. So they're flying it up to 35,000 feet. Oh, I see, I see. And then they launch it from and, there. And they launch it from the, from the uh, plane Oh, that's itself. cool. Yeah. So it, it mess, it's a different approach to the whole thing. Yeah. Yes. As opposed to a rocket freight from the, from the planet. You can get it up a little bit and then launch it. And speaking of virgins in UK, uh, Prince Harry's book, Spare, I think is coming out yeah. this week or something. He's been doing all the interviews. He tells the story of losing his virginity. At 17, he was in a pub, and an older woman took him into a field out back and mm. took his virginity, and it went quickly. And uh, Sure. Just one of the many tidbits in this book. Isn't there also a story, speaking of his wiener, where he froze his dick? That's right. Some I've done urine that. froze in the end of it. I think we can all relate to that. Well, no, I, I, dick, I frostbite him a dick oh, once. Same here. You have a freezing cold, you have a pee outside, a little droplet freezes oh. in the end of your tallywhack. Mm, I've told you that good. story. I was uh, living in the yeah. Bloor West Village. I went for a run. I was doing my, went through my running phase, mm-hmm. and I got all sweaty, and I mm-hmm. didn't realize that I was wearing the wrong type of pants for jogging. And uh, it was really, really cold, and I started to feel like my penis had gone numb. And I had the, that was when I still had that big dog, uh, Loman. And we were running right. along, and Dan, I, I rode, I, I just didn't know what to do. I was starting to get a little panicky. So I went around to the back of a church, true story, and I was mm-hmm. like, pull my pants down to see what was going on. And I just sort of rubbed it. 
to make see if it was everything was okay. And I thought, well, this will be a, this is how this is how my career will end. Humble, yeah, there was morning, a security camera. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Morning, man. Humble Howard seen rubbing his dink behind a church. Oh, you say you're not religious. Now we know uh-huh. why. <laughs> so did you warm to- it up? Did you warm it up and things were okay then? Yes. Or what? Yes. But I, it was a sensation I'd around? never felt before. Humble Howard looking for a priest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Couldn't find a priest, but he does have a German shepherd. <laughs> well, uh, another thing about Harry's book, which is a very interesting uh, spin I found, he talks about killing 25 Taliban. And now the UK military or the royal military, whatever you call it over there. That's a big no-no. You never, ever, ever do that. Because now he could be the target. You know, some whacked-out supporter of the Taliban in California thinks, you killed 25 of my guys? But it's not good for anyone no. for that to be divulged. No. So he, this flagrant, um, you know, information, it, it's... It's and, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. Why would he do that? And why didn't somebody at the editing level say, maybe we shouldn't mention you killed 25 of them? Yeah. That's probably not good. It, it, chances are nothing is going to happen, but why open that freaking door? Ugh. I saw some uh, a transcript this morning when I did my research from uh, <laughs> his 60-minute interview talking to Anderson Cooper. About the acrimonious, uh, he's not really close with uh, Willie, or less close no. than he was at as then. And also no. talking about having to walk behind his mother's coffin. You know, when Diana died, killed, uh, he was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was crazy. Ah, oh, it's sad. Sad story. He goes He goes at uh, Camilla pretty good, apparently, in this book, too. And again, he's being fried and roasted by all the old distinguished British twins. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, um, no, fuck those I'm guys. loving it. Like, I don't give a shit, right? Why don't so you, uh, are you going to take that uh, book with you when you go to uh, Dominican? Maybe. You should. Mm. Dominican read? Yeah, man. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have any more news and views for the yes. listeners? Like to uh, touch on the Brazilian government had a copycat attack on their government. Yes. Thousands of supporters of Brazil's far-right former President Bolsonaro uh, invaded the country's Congress, the presidential palace, and the Supreme Court yesterday. Took three hours before security forces managed to uh, retake the three buildings. Bolsonaro, by the way, hanging out in Florida, not too far from from Disneyland. Bolsonaro. (laughs) Rental. He's doing an Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But yeah, I, I read, I'm glad you brought that up. I read that story, and you see what's going on, and it's the same blueprint. It's a far right movement. They think they the whole their thing was once again the election stolen. It's now the handbook. It's right, and it's going to spread around the, the globe. the The handbook is you say the election was stolen, even though you know it wasn't. That's the thing that I can't get over is that fucking dickhole McCarthy. I don't know if you saw his speech, middle of the night. He finally gets the enough votes to become the Speaker of the House. After what is, there's no other way to couch that than it was an incredible embarrassment. And who does he thank? The guy on the anniversary, two years down the road of the fucking insurrection there, he thanks that fucker Trump. I don't understand. You know what? I've. I'm getting ready to jettison the whole pack of them because I just don't understand. No, it just shows. I, I agree totally, Howard. You know, it's 
It was pathetic. And this is the guy that stood on the on the floor and went after Trump the day after. But within two weeks went down and was licking his balls at Mar-a-Lago. And ever since, Trump is his hero again. And you're right. on So many things on the anniversary. What happened at the Capitol? And he's in and, 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 and McCarthy, too, is one of the guys that voted against certifying the election on yeah. and on. Also, and on one of the guys that asked for a pardon. And now here he he's your guy. And it's like so many people willing to just overlook that and forget it. And well, half the country almost. Yeah, it's it's if, bewildering. You know, they had a memorial. On the steps of the Capitol mm-hmm. and President Biden was there. And not and some Democratic uh, uh, congressmen and, and whatever women, not one. Oh, I'm sorry, one member, one member of the Republican Party, one showed up. And, and and what that tells you is it tells you everything you need to know. But it's so layered in its. Again, I use the word bewildering. Even if you, I don't even know how to put this. Even if you didn't think the election was real, whatever, whatever, you you mm-hmm. were you were in Congress that day. People lost yeah. their lives that day, and it was, there's no way, but they're so attached to this crazy rabid base. Mm-hmm. The same type of people that stormed the, you know, ball, mm-hmm. the Brazilian capital, they're so attached to them that they couldn't be seen to yeah. be associated with mem- remembering this with honor. It's just... And you know there's collusion there. Somebody's getting a memo going, listen... Oh, yeah. Don't go there. Yeah. Don't don't be seen there. And I don't know who the one member was, the GOP member that went. You know, there's a patriot. There's a decent human being. But this Kevin McCarthy. And I was thinking, what if I'm his son? That's my dad. That is my dad who stood on the floor and then went after Trump. And I could be proud for him for a few minutes. And then within a week, he's down there again, licking his balls, kissing his rings. And now he becomes speaker and stands up and thanks an insurrectionist. Yeah. That's yeah, I my just, dad. Uh, or that's, that's my son. Like boss. What, what, what a disgusting human being he is. And just think some of the moments from that night, Howard. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Matt Gates sitting beside Lauren Boebert. They're sort of controlling the show for a while. Right? Yeah. And then Jim Jordan is getting a couple of votes to be speaker. Just like that crew. And then Kevin McCarthy comes up to that, those slime balls and sort of has to talk them into it. And then and Marjorie Taylor Greene holds up a phone with Donald Trump. Yeah, on yeah the I line. saw that, too. Like, this is all part of how Kevin McCarthy becomes Speaker of the House. Like, how... What a stain. No, I, and you know, so, and, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was trying to think of something like if I heard if you were wanted to play a fun drinking game during this whole thing, mm-hmm. every time they said the business of the American people, if you took a shot, you'd be dead now because mm-hmm. it's so funny that if, mm-hmm. if that were the Democrats that took 15 votes to elect an ex, their speaker, by the way, Hakeem Jeffries, there's your presidential candidate. That guy can be president. But anyway, that aside, if that was the Democrats, this would just be nothing but the worst piece of it would just be chaos in on Fox News and the right media. But here's the thing I want to tell you about Matt Gates. Every time every vote went down 15 times up until he voted yes or president, whatever the fuck he voted. 
he was sending out fundraising emails. Of course. The big, that's what I was trying to say at the beginning of the show. It's, this is all, and I rewatched the uh, Carlin uh, documentary on Crave this weekend as well. It's what, it's, it's not funny, but it's true. What Carlin mm-hmm. said was, and this is what made me think I should, he said, I'm no longer interested in the outcome of these things. He said, I've known nothing more invested in of, of whether it's politics or, you know, mm-hmm. a culture. I just want to watch it all go down because there's nothing you can do anymore. It's like he just said to himself, I can no longer affect this. I'm just going to watch it burn. Um, 15 times Matt Gates sent out fundraising emails after every one of his no votes. That's what this is all about. And whatever Kevin McCarthy said to him. To get him to change his vote, you know it was it was like the fucking Godfather. He leaned yeah. into him. There's a great video if you check it out. He leans in, and you can just see Matt Gates's stupid little white boy frat face go pale. Mm-hmm. Like he's just been told, like, "Hey, man, if you don't fucking get on board here, this is what we're going to do to you." Mm-hmm. That's what. That's your American politics. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. I'll take and that, questions. <laughs> and that um <laughs> that. Um, Lauren Boebert, you know, she just, just wins re-election by a sliver. 500 votes. And then I see interviews, you know, she has, she's clueless when, how government works, how their system, she has no idea. She says all these things to try and sound intelligent. And it's like, they poke holes in it. She doesn't even know what's going on. And these people sent her back there. Because she was a mega creep. Yeah. And, and, the, and to, to, their, to their credit, they almost brought her down, but not enough. I'm sorry, Dan. What were you trying to say there, bud? Well, the irony about all of this is the reason that Trump got in power, one of the big reasons, is because uh, all the MAGA people are tired of the way politics happens in the states. Yes. And, and there, they, there, nothing gets done in Washington. And there's a huge, you know, disconnect between whatever the power brokers are and what are the, whatever mm-hmm. the people are doing. So that's, the, that's it. And then this is exactly what they don't want to be happening. No. It's, mm-hmm. it's this massive power grab. You know, and it's just fighting amongst themselves for power, not for the good of the country. 100%. And I, I've said this a million times. The people that are most affected by these shitty politicians are the ones that would benefit the most from the, the infrastructure bills and all those things. I can't imagine somebody in Bug Tussle, Missouri elected one of their stupid GOP people to go and find out about Hunter Biden's fucking laptop. No, and it, Howard, it all comes back again. I've said, we've said many times, the root of all this is racism and religion. Yes, they think the brown man's going to be kept down through all this because of right out of the gate, all the things that 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 Trump said. And now the way this is structured and the concessions they gave to this seedy little group of what do they call it? The Freedom the Caucus. Tw- the Freedom Caucus. The, I love that. They're, they're going to be controlling Congress now. Yeah. And it, it's, you know what? They deserve everything they get. 100%. And why I bring... And I know, Dan, you're tired of fucking religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. But Dan, Dan, <laughs> fuck, man. Right. I'm going to play you something. I went, okay. I, I went and I know not everyone's like this. For, searching, searching for God? You went searching for God, no, right? No, you know, here's the thing. I, I feel, when are you going to come around for crying out loud? <laughs> <laughs> when are you, you going to just come around to Freddie and Howie's? <laughs> You know what, Dan? We're the Freedom Caucus over here. Right. We're the Freedom Caucus because here's a guy. I went and looked him up. 
His name is, uh, I don't know what his fucking name is. Well, you looked him up. You must know his no, name. I just, I, I, that was, was his first name. Is it Hang Bob? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. All right. <sighs> do, do, it's uh, do. the Global Vision Bible Church. And uh, the pastor is Pastor Greg Locke, L-O-C-K-E. And uh, why? Why him? See, now I've... Oh, here we go. So, Pastor Greg Locke, this is a little bit of his sermon. And if you don't think that these MAGA people are rooted as not just keeping the brown man out of the country, but it's also rooted in religion... Have a listen to this sweet sounds of Jesus's messenger. You can get out, you demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. Let's just pause there for a second. You know, what happened to the separation of church and state? They butcher babies, Dan. And you can't be a Christian if you vote Democrat. Let's listen to some more. I'm sick of it. They want to talk about the insurrection. Mm. Let me tell you something. You ain't seen the insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low down, sorry, compromisers. You God-hating communist America, you'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. We ain't playing your mess. My Bible says that the church of the living God is an institution that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says they will take it by force. There you go, everybody. There's religion. in 20, that's like, That happened in 2020. Three, Dan. You can't yeah. you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. And if you thought that was an insurrection, wait until you see the insurrection we're bringing. Because my Bible says, "What fucking Bible is that?" You like? Here's the but thing. That, I'm, it doesn't I'm, God love all? Was it? No. Yeah. There's no. a lot of. Uh, no, it doesn't. There's a lot going on there. I mean, the, you know, the evangelical uh, television evangelists. There's, you know, there's that. None of that is really what it's all about. So I, I totally agree with everything you're about to say about all of that and all that whacked out stuff. I totally come over agree. to our side Dan. get off it. Get yeah, off well, the Jesus yeah. train, man. It's yeah. done. I'm going to ask you a question now and maybe I'm out of line. But last week I said to Howard, Howard, you know, um, Howard, Howard, um, <laughs> Damar Hamlin stuff, the football right. player of Buffalo Bills. I said, right. you know, praying as a default. And I said, you know. If you were ever in a position where somebody you really loved was in a situation they were going to die, and would you, as a last resort, because all else has failed, look and say, God help me? Even if, you know, we can sit here and claim that we don't believe, would you ever find yourself in a position where you would go, I've tried everything else, this person is about to die. God, if there is a God, can you help and I can't definitively say that, no, I wouldn't do that. You'd have to be in that position. Yeah. But you, where you are in your life, what Clifford's been through, have you prayed to the Lord to spare Clifford or anything like that? No, but I don't necessarily believe it in that way, in the way a lot of, like, like praying to, like, I don't believe that whatever the God is out there is going to come down and reach down and help somebody out because of mm-hmm. their prayer. I don't think that that's what the whole thing is about. So, um, 
prayer in many ways prayer is more of a, a form of meditation and um i guess there's nothing wrong with expressing you know what your what your desires dreams uh that kind of thing in prayer is is wrong but uh you know, but, but, you know, like, you know, like, let this team win today, you know, please God that, you know, that's all kind of no, missing the whole point, you know? So yeah. it's, so in the same kind of way, I mean, it's, it's a move of desperation. Uh, and I don't think we'll be, you know, okay, that's nice, but you know, why would, well, I mean, we, life we is ta- we were, we set ta- up the way it's set up. We were talking about that at the beginning of the show, the whole logic of it. It's like, you know, a team wins. Yeah, the Lord was looking out for us. Well, what? He didn't like the other team? I mean, that, like, yeah, you lose it right yeah, there. Yeah, there's other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why is that person better than that mm-hmm. person? Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, do the judgment on earth rather than, you know, whatever the judgment Well, is. I'll just say this. Because um, that stuff just gets me so fucking aggravated. But that, yeah, but that guy, yeah. that's no different, Dan. And is it Fred? Yeah. Dan and Fred. What that guy was doing firing up his base is the same thing religion has been doing for thousands of years and that's all i want to say about it today because i want to try right, to right. calm myself that down is, you're that my i so love weird. dan so much that i don't want to browbeat you but dan at some point fucking grow the fuck up <laughs> but, but just think of the hate there it's just drips of hate. See, that's but it, that's not what religion in most of the religions is not set up that way. That's yeah. not what it was originally intended, and the, what the people were thinking originally. No, that's, so it's, again, it's been, Dan, it's Dan been that's totally not true. Bastard. That's not true. Do some research. It's all based on that. And again, I don't want to get into a, another mm-hmm. fucking religious debate with you, but that is not true. It was right. set up like that. It was set up to scare people into um, fear. to uh, by by fear to get them to fall in line. The idea of the afterlife the whole idea is suffer now uh, you know 70 virgins later it's all the same thing but you're a lovely person and whatever gets you yeah. you know well, whatever what's, when's ralph ben murgy coming on the show again he'll he tell you that it doesn't matter he's wrong too he's, fucking, he, he's wrong too he, he, he's way more uh erudite uh, absolutely Listen, there right. are there are you know countless highly intelligent people that still believe i mean from our perspective, it's hard, again, to get back to the logic thing. You sit there and you go, how can you be so smart and then buy into that? But how do you explain anything when it comes to religion? And, and, yeah. and don't tell me again. It's, this isn't just, yes, this is a fringe pastor. But the idea of religion as part of American society is ubiquitous. There, I've used a big word. It's pervasive. It's all-encompassing. I say that because... You know, like that opening of uh, the newsroom. 70% of that country believes in angels. There's not been a president that cannot, you, you can't be elected president unless you go to church. Trump only did that, all that hold the Bible bullshit. That's like the mm-hmm. least religious guy that's ever been elected. Mm-hmm. But, but even Trump had to cozy mm-hmm. up to the evangelicals, Dan, because if you, if you don't, you can't get elected. Right. Anyway, I have yeah. no, a man of my condition cannot be getting this worked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we should do. Uh, hey, you know this thing, Howard. That what was the name of that uh, um, that documentary about the kid that went to the Trump rallies and everything? Off the top, uh, I watched oh, um, uh, this place rules. This place rules, and you know a, a thread, a, a, an ongoing theme through mega people and Trumpers are that Democrats murder and eat babies. Yeah, baby Trumpers. And again, and then the question is. 
I didn't see anything on the news about babies missing. Who are these babies? <laughs> a lot of babies. Being, you know, is there a, do the you, Democrats have like a Mandarin buffet of four baby eating? Like, wouldn't there be something in the States right now? This would be a big issue that a bunch of babies are missing. Like, and being eaten. No, I know. <laughs> I but I mean, here's a guy. And I went and looked up this guy's church because I thought, OK, well, what's this guy all about? And you go to his church website, which I did this morning before you signed on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's the, it's the, uh, what's his name of the church? The doesn't fucking matter. Just go Google Greg Locke, American preacher. Church of the many fuckwads. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see the global vision Bible church. And there was this guy. I'm not sure when this sermon was fairly recently though, from the global vision church getting tax breaks. Guy's got a lot of tax exemptions. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Democrats, you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. Does it get any more visceral than that, that that's the MAGA doctrine? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as you just said, comma, they're baby chompers, as he, says, as he said. Like, and then he says, if you think that insurrection was bad, wait until you see the insurrection that we Bible people are going to do. Like, they have no chance. That country is done. I don't care how good Tom Hanks movies are. Fuck them. You know? They're really good at a few things. The Golden Globes and some funny comedians and porn. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're good at that. But the rest of it, you know what? Just shut it down. Greatest country in the world. Not even by a fucking long shot. I I would take Czechia. (laughs) (laughs) The, The... And and again, you always sort of have faith in the people up the middle, the moderates. But as you say, Howard, they have to have a mind to that segment because you need them to get elected. But it's even the Poliev thing here in Canada. I look at so far and I'm still there. It's like, I don't want to be a part of that team. I mean, I'm not a liberal and I don't want to vote for Trudeau, but I'll tell you, my alternative is a conservative. I don't want to be part of that team. When is that going to kick in in the States? Well, hopefully now, I mean, even though they elected a speaker, they really can't do much. How their system works is it's got to go to the Senate before it gets to the president's desk. They're not going to they're going to do a lot of, you know, committees and they're going to investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. But in the end, two years down the road, they will have accomplished fuck all. And maybe maybe there's enough Americans that will be like, okay. But until they, until they shut this preachy shit down, I don't know if right. they have a chance. And just before we go, you know, the best strategy they could have from my perspective would be don't look into Hunter Biden. Don't look into Joe Biden because they had a big beef with all those Trump investigations. The best thing they could come out and say, you know what? We're not going to worry about that stuff like the Democrats did. We're just going to govern. But they won't do that. No, because you have to have a plan. Like I said the other day, you know, they all made a big stink about this infrastructure bill, which the country desperately needed. And again, the people that would benefit were their red state people made a big stink about opposing it, didn't vote for it. And then they go back to their um, hometowns bragging about how great it fucking was for their hometown. I mean, they're just, I don't know, Dan, I've given up. Ever since I, Dan, I don't know. Ever since I stopped smoking weed, I've gotten angrier. (laughs) All right. Listen, uh, we got a big show. We had a fun show. I know, but I want to tell you about the chamber plan, too. Oh, please. Hang on a second. Thank you. Don't go away. That's a good one. Here we go.
As we mentioned, uh, a week tomorrow I'm off to the Dominican Republic. Yeah, man. And you know what? I I, I, I will be bubble wrapped mm-hmm. in the chamber plan. <laughs> I will be. When I get on that uh, plane, you should it will be, be bubble like, wrapped. <laughs> knowing pop, that you that pop the little bubble, you will love it. Yeah. <laughs> knowing anything, sh- any knowing anything short of death. Yes. I will be okay because the Chamber Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. HumbleandFredRadio.com, Inc. is part of this. And uh, whether it's prescriptions and dental, and again, we've talked about the travel aspect so many times, therapies, they have a mental health aspect, an HR component now. It really is the way to go for your small business. Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's a badge there. Click on Get a Free Quote and find out how this this can be done for your small business. Chamberplan.ca. Interesting. Each guess. one of those bubbles, by the way, represents one of the uh, the benefits of the... Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. Right? I would just love to wrap Fred in bubble wrap and then, you know, take everyone can maybe dice a lottery, buy a, a square, and you get to poke that square. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we would give the money to charity. And by charity, I mean we would keep it because <laughs> <laughs> we need the money. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, race, yeah. interesting guest, uh, Janet Osborne, as we were talking about it last week. I don't know her. Uh, one of my best buds, Fraser, who you guys know, recommended her to me. She's got an interesting story. Her husband got very ill, and then through uh, diet and uh, her own research, she's a um, she actually has a job as a nutritional expert in uh, the medical system but she's going to tell our listeners tomorrow and ourselves some of the things we can all do to uh, improve our health outcomes uh hebsey's going to join us speaking of sports did a lot of sports talk today hebsey will join us on uh wednesday's show and then if thursday it's all your emails so uh very exciting week here at hnf the podcast in the meantime This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. You can find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business. Visit godaddy.ca to learn more. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing and giving us a five-star review helps keep this show going, so please do it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, when you're traveling, Fred takes Ducarol to prevent the shits. Howard takes Ducalax to promote the shits. Ducarol's Ducalax. It's the yin and yang of poop care. Enjoy every goddamn day. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?